You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle, take the defensive end if he's over, if he's not, you drive down the first man who's inside. What's up, gang? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined tonight with Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim, boots on the ground, live in Green Bay. And, uh, fellas, how was your day? Jacob, you go first, man. What, what was on the agenda today? Did you get any rest, or are you still going on two and a half hours of sleep? I got a little bit more rest. Um, I only had to wake up at, like, five or whatever. Uh, no, it was good. Had a, a decent day. I've started I got I'm still sticking with the workout, trying to get rid of some of this uh some of the stuff I got going on down there. Yeah. But uh, no, it's good, dude. And um we got the last public practice, if I'm not mistaken, of the day of, of the Packers training camp of this year, which is exciting. Tim can uh give us some insights on that. So it's bittersweet. I'm kind of we're we're getting to the tail end of the offseason, which everybody hated so much. And I think the one thing that I can you know, self-praise stinks, but I think that our squad here on all across the Packernet network has made it at least tolerable and entertaining. And we're not just talking about like our top 10 favorite sandwiches. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We had some stupid filler here and there. It's the doldrums of the deep. I, I want our filler to just be us laughing and having a good time. I don't want it to be the Mount Rushmore's and the favorite, like you said, favorite sandwich and what's your favorite <laughs> potato chip, Tim, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Uh, um, did anyone cry about how hot it was today? It's my turn. Uh, it was hot today, guys. <laughs> in case, in case nobody heard, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was it was pretty hot at practice, but uh, it was worth it to be there, man. I had a blast. I'm I'm doing good. Want to give a shout out to? Go ahead, Jake. Just a heat index of over a hundred, and a lot of different players. We'll talk about it. Got some. Uh, which is a good thing. We, this whole offseason has been about exposing them to different scenarios and adversity before we get into the regular season, and we can get into the specifics of that, but another a, a really hot day, and then we're going into a noon game, which will be the first time we've went into a noon game, so just little things to keep in the back of your mind as we uh, talk about this episode. Definitely. just want to give a, a quick shout-out to everybody in the chat. Appreciate you dropping through. We got uh, Dane Stromstad. 
Uh, he's a new member of the channel. Congratulations on that. Appreciate the support. We've got Stephen Smith, who's actually a new a new uh, member as well. We've got several new members we'll mention here in a little bit. But uh, he, he jumps in and says, go, Pat, go. Of course, we got Dakota in here. What's up, folks? Make the great swinging through. What's up, Nate? And Red Mo, I love – he just always just the just – the, just the emoji with the cheese head. That's all we need, right? Let's uh let's kick this thing off the same way we did yesterday. Tim, are you cool with us uh, sharing some of the uh, the videos that you sent? Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, let's do it, man. You narrate for us. All right, we're gonna pull it up here. You guys can see the screen, right? Yes, absolutely. All right, here we go. This is the first one. I'm gonna try to keep it muted, but let's uh let's dive in here. Tell us what we're looking at here, Tim. Okay, this looks like the cornerbacks group working with Coach Williams. This was a good shot I got. This looks like getting off the blocker and closing is what they're uh, they're working on here. So you're going to want to watch you're going to want to watch the guy on the left of your screen, and then they take turns. They'll rotate. So one guy's going to play receiver, the other guy's going to actually play corner. Got it. And they're just doing some get off drills, and then yeah, you got it muted. I mean, but if you turn it up, you could literally hear Coach Williams. <laughs> I mean, you got to watch that music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the problem is the music in the background. Exactly. The, trust me, the music in the background is a problem on multiple levels. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet, I bet the players love it, though. You know they do, man. Um, the, the thing about the music, too, for me, like, guys, I just want to say we're on a roll. We've got three straight live episodes with no copyright strikes. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so let's keep it muted. This <laughs> Rob was the 70, was it the 72 Dolphins? Is that who it was with their streak? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the next one. Tim, talk to us, buddy. This is uh, cornerbacks also. That's Coach Williams there, uh, kind of left center. And you can just watch these drills. Verbal commands, telling them when to move. So they're working on their closing and then retreat. And then they're going to break to the ball here at the end. Nice. And just work and just work on some hands. So this is, this is your corners. This is basically all of them, I believe. Ones, twos, threes, everybody. Carrington, Carrington in the back, back air, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. slip. Little slip. Right, 19, that's the one. Is that Hamilton? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah, there were a couple of guys slipping today, so I don't know. It might have been like it was humid earlier, so I don't know if there was a little like moisture on the on the field or something. That makes sense. That, that yeah. probably it. Okay, here's your safeties. This is uh, safety drills here. Again, similar to what we saw before, they're, he's watching their reads here. You can see. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure which coach this is, but he's mimicking the QB, obviously. And then the safeties are working. Again, retreat. Good stuff. Good stuff. And then get it break into the ball. Um, and this is a this will be a different look here. Same drill going away from us now. QB's kind of um, looking the safety off, right? That's what he's doing here. Basically, yep, yep. And uh, I was actually surprised if you watch Levitt there on the left, you know, I, every once in a while, he looks like a safety man, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's back like, watch him here. yeah, look at, he's got some feet, man. You know, really I was does. watching his footwork and then, you know, I kind of looked at Savage a couple of times and I went, I don't know, maybe Levitt can play safety. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, this could all be safety group. Here's another drill. Again, this looks like uh, getting off and then um, trying to make a play on the ball, like a PBU play as they come out of the set. Um, Jacob, stop what? looking at the trainer on the left there. Stop it. I, I, I wasn't. 
One of the things I noticed on these today was uh, Jonathan Owens right there, 34, uh, was doing really well in a lot of these drills, getting praise from the coach and uh, or the coaches. And what we know about him is obviously coverage is the concern with him. So to see him moving his feet and uh, playing with his hands a little bit is uh, good to see for, for him. Got it. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, final one. This is safeties also. This is uh looks like chasing down like a an overthrown ball kind of drill. They're gonna just run out and then the coach is gonna purposely just chuck them and then they're trying to make a play, keep their feet in bounds. Um and again, Jonathan Owens had a couple of really, really great grabs in this drill. I'm not sure how many, if any, that I got. Uh and also uh thirty Thirty-six looked really good too. Our boy uh, uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. Gotcha. <clears throat> well, yeah, anybody, yeah. anybody with the number thirty-six looks good in Green Bay. Oh man, for sure. And you know, just being on his name really quick. You know, I don't know what. Do we have an update on him? Like what's going on with that? I don't know if it's left knee, left so, quad, something. Yeah, apparently, he per Andy Herman when they were walking out to the practice beginning right out to the field that they, they he, apparently they noticed that he was just kind of walking weird and apparently Andy Herman even made a note of it to himself like that doesn't look right sure enough a few snaps into the beginning of practice he left went back into the Hudson Center to his credit he did something maybe they taped him up he came back out ran a few drills and then it sounds like eventually he did end up going back inside so whatever that footage was that you got there Tim that was when he was in his good stages of the day but it didn't sound like it was too serious um while we're on it we could just real quick hit it it sounded like Devonte wyatt had a little bit of a, a what do you want to call it heat exhaustion slash conditioning slash i need to stop moving or else i'm gonna die like i need some water it's yeah cold. he left practice yeah. early with with a trainer i believe yeah the water boy it sounds like he's gonna be good to go um just a little bit of a heat exhaustion type thing it was ridiculously hot so um, and then Watson had a, a collision or I don't know if it was a collision. Andy Herman said he couldn't quite see, but he went down when him and Drizzle were close to each other, stayed down for a, in a, an amount of time that made people nervous. But then apparently he got up, shook it off and then went on throughout practice and didn't have any issues. And then the last thing, though, there was an incident with Savage where him and Dobbs got into a collision. Dobbs got up. Looked like he was okay. Savage did end up going inside and never came back for the rest of practice, it sounds like. So great. Got it. That's yeah, that's what I had. I had Anthony Johnson, Darnell Savage, and Devontae Wyatt all leaving with injuries. It sounded like Kobe Wooden replaced uh Devontae Wyatt on the defensive line and Jonathan Owens replaced Savage. So the best of my knowledge, I, I personally think, guys, that it's probably Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford are your starting safeties. Jonathan Owens is third is kind of how I'm feeling now. I feel like they let Jonathan Owens have a shot. Now they're going to kind of give Rudy a chance to hold on to his job. Let's see what happens here in this last little stretch of, of training camp. That's kind of how it feels. But, yeah, Kobe Wooden in for Wyatt, and then Jonathan Owens in for Savage. Um, let's go to the chat real quick. Just want to say hey to uh, Zane. Appreciate you dropping through, buddy. We got uh, Chad Inc., new member. Appreciate you swinging by. We got Stephen Smith. He's a new member of the channel, which we got to come up with a name, guys. I need help. I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward – we got we to gotta name the group, right? You know, like Pat McAfee, his gang's called the McAfee Mafia, right? That's what they're called. 
Um, I was thinking about the PTA posse. You guys tell me what you think. All right. We got to come up with something. We got to come up with a, a group name for all the members because we appreciate you guys supporting. Steven says, with our kip- kicking game uh, seemingly a bit weak, how many times do we go for it on fourth down and we're on the field? Do we draw the line? That's a great question. It kind of feels like if you get inside the 20, go for it. If you're outside the 40, kick it. <laughs> that's what it's feeling like right now. Dude, that's crazy. Uh, that's a good question, though. Uh, Tim, you're kind of our resident kicker, man. You go first here. Um, do you feel like we're going to be going for it on fourth down a little bit more? And, and honestly, it, it seems like in the in the more recent you know past here, Lafleur's like to go for it on fourth down, right? I think so, and I think that's just an evident trend in the league these last few seasons too. It seems to just be, you know, I mean, even inside the fifty, break midfield a lot of times, and if we're talking fourth and shorts, you may have a fourth and one at the at the 46 and and decide to go for it and just line up and run a play not not run a fake punt or anything don't get too fancy so i think that's kind of a trend in this league at least in my perception um but yeah we know coach lafleur is not afraid to to push the issue and go for it um and i i would agree um the kicking game will play a factor uh but like i had always said man if we're putting tutties on the board we don't have to worry too much about our kicking game. And I think Anders Carlson with a little bit of time and pressure might, might just pan out. We'll see. Um, despite evidence to the contrary. So, but yeah, I do, I do think we'll probably go for it, especially fourth and short situations. Um, I can see that, you know, anything inside, you know, probably four or five yards, fourth and four, fourth and three, those kind of things. Maybe. Makes sense. Jacob, what do you think, man? You think we're going to go for it on fourth down a little more often this year? Dude, I honestly, what you just said, I had to think about it if it's rational, but I could logically see a situation where if it's within the 35 yard line and closer, we just go for it. <laughs> Fourth and five, let's just give it a whirl. Who knows? And if it's past a 50 yard, a 40, it's if it's like a 45 plus yard field goal to like 65, yeah, man, let, let the dude kick. Who think? Like, here's, he, here's, he's, he's banging them. That one that he made from 52 crazy. was from 62. Like, that was smoked the guy just absolutely blew it but it's uh when he misses he misses so bad and then i remember he said about how um he's like oh, i fixed it i'm not gonna miss i'm missing wide right so that's super easy to fix and then like yesterday he missed like wide left wide right wide right left <laughs> like le- i don't know dude i wonder just- if the question ever tilts to do we go for two after touchdowns because if he's pushing you know 33 yard extra points to the right or left, do do we just go for two? Like, or we may have to. We may be in a situation where where me we may have to if if it becomes that bad. But I think if the wheels fell off the kicking game completely at some point in the season, we're going to see a signing or a trade or something. Yeah, they're going to have to get somebody in there. I mean, that's the the risk you take when you don't have a competition at camp at that position. That's the only argument I've had, Tim. Is like, why do we not have another kicker in there? Like, who would be your second choice and bring them into camp, right? That would yeah, even another cool. young kicker, even if it was another rookie Anything, or yeah. first year. Yeah. All it's going to do is push that guy. It's just like with Myers the last few years, the last couple of years at least. It's like he didn't have any competition at center. So it's, you're not going to pull the best out of him. You know, it's like Lombardi used to say, you know, you, I, you talk about motivating players. If, you, if you're worried about losing your job, you're going to get motivated. That's the way it is in anything, anybody who's competitor. Um, Jan in the house says, evening, gents. Jan, appreciate you dropping in. That's awesome. 
You got Chad says, what's up, Jan? Let's see True Grit in the house. Go Pack Go. Uh, of course, Zane mentioned what we talked about. Savage got hurt in practice today. Uh, let's see Cheesehead Murph. What up, fellas? What up, Cheesehead up, Murph? Um, we, we still don't know, Murph. We haven't heard how serious the Savage injury is. Tim, did you get any kind of win from that? Jacob, anybody? Do we know how serious it is? I did not. Um, Jacob might be able to shed a little more light on that. It seemed like initially that obviously the Watts one wasn't a big deal. The AJJ one was, I'm a little bit nervous about because he showed that he was initially injured well enough to go and try to play on it and then ended, ended up having to eventually go back in. The Savage one, it's, I think it's more precautionary than anything because it looked like that they just kind of – Dobbs, like I said, popped up. He's good to go. And I think they just maybe wanted to secure that. It was really hot. It was a day where even I think Matt LaFleur said that basically he wanted to test these guys. And that yep. had they not shown a little bit of lack of conditioning, especially he called out specifically Emmanuel Wilson by name, that during that game, once he saw what it was like to be a full-time back, that the guy was huffing and puffing. He said that there was, you know, Andy Herman and Paul Brettel and a couple other people uh, made a note that there was a lot of guys that were gasping for air today sitting on a one knee with their helmet off. You know what I'm saying? So um, yep. one of the things I talked about getting through adversity and learning things before we get smacked in the face with them starting week one, we've already figured out what it is to travel together, what it is to get in fights together, what it is to have your quarterback get taken down, what it is to play games at different times of the, of the, cause now we're going to be doing a noon game. It's very important that I think they have that noon game. Cause right now we've only been doing, Late night games, it's a whole different ball game. When yeah. I remember just if you guys ever played any sort of sport, anytime you play a game in the morning versus if you're playing it late at night, everything about what you eat, your nerves, everything, it's just it's so different. So it's good for those guys to get those bugs out, figure out what about that process they need to tweak and what about that process is going well. So I'm just, I, again, I, I know we've beaten a dead horse and we're a bunch of homers here, but this is just, it is way better than I could have ever imagined going in to cover a team that's going through a transitional period like this. Yeah. Because about it, Clayton, we could have like, oh my God, we could have some of the worst organizational luck. Cause it, <clears throat> that's a testament to the Packers front office. You look at a lot of these other teams, this season that the Green Bay Packers are going into, I'd argue that 25 out of the 32 teams, it would be just an absolute poop stain of a of a wash year. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. just not a lot of hope for what we have, but it's we are making the most out of this, and I'm I'm really jacked up about it. Speaking of, like, you think God never farted? I was, <laughs> was just going to add. To, I'm glad that you brought that up uh, about um, what C Coach Lafleur said about challenging these guys because that was what I noticed. They went extremely hard today, guys. Um, yes. This was originally supposed to be a noon practice. It, it was pushed back an hour um, because of the heat, I'm assuming. Um, and uh, they, these guys did not, they, they didn't mess around today. Everything that I saw, even the drills were full speed, full contact. And yeah, a lot of guys taking a knee, a lot of guys taking multiple water breaks. The, the hydration staff was uh, running ragged. Um, but uh, the practice did end a little early. So I think that's a testament to how Lafleur is running this team is that, hey, I'm going to push my guys, but we're not going to do anything crazy out here. And and I believe practice did end about, you know, 20 to 30 minutes earlier than normal. I think they went just under two hours today. Did you happen to see um, 
did you happen to see exactly how the practice ended? What would be this? The uh, from what I can gather, it was the last offensive play to the public practice. Did you happen to see that it was an offensive play? Sean Clifford, second team offense in the two minute drill. I didn't see very much of it because I was trying to move my way down there. We actually had some room in the stands. I was able to get some free roam today, which right. is kind of a double-edged sword. You you can get seats, but everyone kind of moves in groups and they follow the team. So you're right. kind of making a mad dash to get down there. That's why if you notice some of my video today looked really good. And then some of it was like, oh my God, how far away are you? So it's uh, it's kind of a crapshoot, but no, I, I only caught that kind of from the from the back end. I didn't really see much of it. Well, it's yeah. it's, it's just kind of funny because you were talking about going for two and whether or not that might be an option. So the last play of the last public practice of this, you know, session, it was Clifford going for two after just doing a crazy uh, last second pass to Grant DeBose, who high pointed it. He ended up getting the two-point conversion, beating Ennis Gaines on an out route to uh, Watts. And I guess the place just kind of went nuts or whatever. And the whole team, you know, all just went nuts kind of thing. And that was just kind of fitting for the last play, like I said, of the public practice. It was cool to see the offense um, have that kind of just final point to this, you know, the preseason. Not preseason. in the old vice grill. <laughs> Love it. We got Bill in the chat here said – why is everyone high on Savage? I'll tell you this, Bill. There's nobody here that was really high on Savage, um, but the coaching staff is. When you, uh, when the front office gives them almost $8 million guaranteed this year, it really says what you need to hear about how they feel about him, right? It really doesn't matter how we feel about him. Um, watching the tape, looking at the PFF grade from last year, he played, he played like doo-doo. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> but they see something, you know. Um, I'm just hoping that Rudy Ford cracks that starting lineup, and if uh, if Savage does struggle early, I hope they're uh, not hesitant to pull him, you know, and go to the the next hot hand and try to get that thing fixed. Just me personally. Um, let's see here. Red Mo in the chat said this is the same coaching staff that la- that ran Lazard on fourth down. Are we are we going for it? <laughs> that's that's a fact. Dude. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. The kid eighty eight. Love everything y'all do. I'm addicted to the Packers and listen every day while delivering for UPS. This is the content we need. Best Packers podcast out there. Hey, we appreciate the kind words, man. And thank you for keeping this country moving forward, delivering those packages, buddy. That's not an easy job. And you make sure you stay cool out there. I know that's uh, that gets hot, man. It gets hot quick. Um, let's see here. Zane in the chat. It's uh, it's like they was taking the penalty on on every extra point. What's he mean? What's he mean by that? I'm trying to follow along here. What do you mean by that, Jacob? Stop it. On every extra point. I don't know out of context. Maybe something to do with the two-point conversion. Maybe the- maybe he's saying take a delay a game and move back so Carlson oh. can have a better <laughs> shot at really? maybe. <laughs> That's probably good. Do like five of them, actually. Yeah, make them kick like 50-yard extra points. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever you got to do, man. Whatever you got to do to hit them. That's all that matters, man. That is all that matters. Bend those rules, right? Rules are meant to be broken. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see here. Red Mo in the chat, necessity is the mother of invention. Invent a reason for these guys to take leaps in their games. I like him. That's so philosophical. Dude. That's, That's way, way above my education level. Yeah. I promise you that. Our showers. All day I'm thinking about uh, the last wide receiver cap. He has the best attribute, which is his uh, physicality. He has got to make this team over the others, including Torre. His upside trumps the others, man. It's 
it's got to be Malik Heath, right? Like, you know, we talked about it last night on, on a Packer net, another Packer net stream with, with Ryan and, uh, his special teams are not great, guys, according to his special teams grade. But, man, you put him out there at receiver, and Malik is that guy, just like our shower says. So, uh, uh, Malik right. also today um, got first first uh, team reps with the ones. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I had that actually in my notes as well. That's that's pretty exciting, man, just to kind of throw him out there and say, all right, let's see what you can do against the ones there, big dog. That to me shows that he's at least wide receiver six, if yeah. not, like the guy said, he might be. I, I hate to say it, but I was one of those guys that said Torres our number three. I'm wondering <laughs> if he's now our number five slash number six because right. it, it just seems like the other guys are – they can do what he does physically, but they're like four inches taller. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The kid in the chat says the kid 88 says we're finally dogs. We're going to play so hard for each other uh, because it's all love now. No ego. There's no age difference besides a couple. It's a good point, man. This is probably going to be one of the more unified teams we've had in a long time for that very reason, uh, for that very reason right there. So I want to talk about Jordan Love for a second. We'll get back to the chat here in a minute. Before I do, I do want to give a shout out to all the new members. OK, we got several new members. I just want to make sure that we highlight them and just say thank you for uh, supporting the uh, supporting the stream, supporting the channel. Scott's Light, Mississippi Fade Master, Stephen Smith, and Dane Stromstad. Thank you guys so much for uh, being members of the channel. And uh, for those of you who don't know, we're actually going to be doing a drawing, a, a, uh, a spin the wheel type thing to give away an autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey. And anyone who is a member of the channel, it's it's only $1.99 a month to become a member. Um, that will enter your name into the drawing. And, of course, we were going to draw that. I think the plan is going to be the very first post-game show, we're going to do a live drawing, if that's cool with you guys. Um, during the first post-game show, week one, um, we'll do that drawing for the Lucas Van Ness autographed jersey. We'll spin a wheel right here live on the air and give that thing away. But, again, it's – no pressure on anyone to do that. Just we want to make sure that we are um, providing value for those who are supporting us and make sure we show appreciation there. I've also got another giveaway already lined up after that one. So there'll be other giveaways. But that Lucas Van Ness one's pretty sweet, man. Autograph Lucas Van Ness. It's nice. Yeah, it's, uh, green. The green, uh, you know, the home style uh, or Beckett style home color uh, autograph jersey with the certificate of authenticity, all that good stuff. What were you going to say, Jacob? Yeah, so that reminds me, I want to donate something to maybe help that cause, or if we want to find a different cause. I just opened it, actually, officially, because I forgot that I had, uh, if you guys remember when Ryan started doing those pristine auction type stuff, uh, that was me that was helping out with that like two, three, four years ago. And I ordered a bunch of stuff just because I kept looking at the website every day. And once my paycheck hit, and I just kept buying things like a drunk housewife on black friday so i was just you know purchasing <laughs> stuff. and uh randomly i just looked and i had a box and i opened it up and sure enough here is this freaking unopened game worn jersey segment so what it is is you don't know exactly what you're gonna get i opened it up it's a piece of aaron Rodgers's authentic game worn belt buckle cut out and then it's got its own uh certificate of authenticity and a little thing where you can track it and it comes in its nice own little case and display i haven't opened it like the actual thing it has a tamper proof thing so anyways if you guys still like aaron Rodgers, i want to get that bad voodoo out of my house uh so i'll be willing to donate that <laughs> to you guys that's good promotion right there i don't want this damn thing you guys <laughs> compete for it. maybe like a second place you know for that 
run, runner up kind of thing. We can just take hey, that off my Maybe we should send 65% of it to a Jets fan. Oh, damn. How many? 65. 65%. 65%. That's what we... All right. The kid88 in the chat says, can't wait to see Fields look over at our defense and close one eye and fart. I love that that's <laughs> already taken on there. I mean, we need to put that on a T-shirt, right? Literally have, have a silhouette of Justin Fields closing one eye and kind of grunting, you know, kind of grunting like this. Huh? Take it. That's <laughs> but, uh, all right, let's. <laughs> Yo, check out Cheesehead Murph. That's kind of good. The Cheddar Chatters. Just let's see here. Let's see here. All right. Cheesehead Murph in the chat say, can we call ourselves the Cheddar Chatters? If not, what about Packer Backers or Packer Trackers? I'm over here thinking, fellas. Hey, we appreciate you thinking, Murph. Why don't we put a list together, Murph, and we'll have a vote on it. That sounds good to me. We do that. Let the listeners vote. And then whatever we want the group name to be, that's what we'll call them. But I will say this, Cheesehead Murph, to the best of my knowledge, was the very first member. It's like a co-founder of this thing, man. I don't know if you'll get royalties. If this thing takes off here in a few years, you might not get royalties. I'm being honest, Murph. But maybe we, we, we give Cheesehead Murph the deciding vote. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I'm down. Hey, since he was the very first member, you know what? I think that's yep. a great idea. I think that is a great idea. Steven in the chat, name for the crew, Chettis. I like it. <laughs> All right, let's see here. I want to talk about Jordan Love real quick. All right, we're going to come back. Again, thank you to the new members. We really, really appreciate it. Get yourself entered into that drawing for the Lucas Van Ness autographed jersey. So Jordan Love today. This is what Paul Brettel reported. He said he had another, quote, really good day. Obviously, he threw an interception there in the two-minute drill, right? Guys, some people see that two-minute drill and they go, oh, man, that's horrible. He threw an interception in a two-minute drill. It's literally you're trying to get it in the end zone. You're trying to push this thing in for a score, right? That's when you're going to be the most aggressive. That's when you want to take those shots, that type of thing. So I don't – I'm not saying I'm I'm correct and everyone else is wrong and how I look at that, but that's kind of how I see that. It's not, a, it's not a, a game management situation. It's, hey, look, all the cards are on the field. Let's try to punch this thing in, right, so you're going to be more aggressive. But he also said he had a wow throw to Musgrave on the back of the end zone. Musgrave made a great catch. Love put it where only Musgrave could get to it. Um, he said, other than the one interception, there were no other turnover-worthy throws. And then he also said, a really good balance of when to push the ball and when to take what the defense gives him. So you're seeing that kind of – I don't want to use the words – I almost said game management, but it's more about that that decision-making and, and being able to kind of process just like what Greg Cosell talks about, elimination, isolation, pre-snap elimination. We know we're not going here. Isolation, there's our matchup. There's where we want to go. If it's not there, check it down type thing. But as far as Jordan Love, Jacob, uh, how'd you feel about Jordan Love just from the notes? Did you get any other notes from maybe anyone else, or or is that pretty much what you came away with too? No, I did. I checked that Paul Brittle uh, tweet X. I'm, I'm so confused as to what to call it, whatever. Uh, Clifford did the exact same scenario when I told you about when he made that. So Clifford had the same scenario to the back of the, the two-minute drill. So the scenario that Love was in, like you talked about being an all-or-nothing type scenario – the scenario that they give you is you're down seven. There's a minute 30 left. You're starting on your own 30. And then you basically say go, right? So like you talked about, there's no piddle paddle. You got to make sure that you're, you're in there to score or else you lose the game. So when people talk about forcing interceptions or anything like that, anything that you can do to get that ball down, it's, it's a do or die type situation. So that being said, when you uh, we'll back up and talk about Jordan Love had another great day. I watched, um, like I said, Andy Herman and Paul Brettel, they basically kind of 
talked about the similar things saying that if if you erase that interception from love which i know you can't erase the worst parts but if you were to just erase that interception from love andy herman said that was by far his best practice he seemed to put everything together he did a ton of routes a ton of out routes he looked crisp he looked confident um and like i said yep he said that uh until that last interception of practice herman says that it was his best practice by far to date talking about wow throws I think you kind of undersold it. So it was love had two or three different wild throws. And one of them, like you talked about was the talker craft down the seam. He seemed to do one of those no look passes where he completely looked off the linebackers and the safeties, which allowed Tucker craft to completely open up over the seam, hit him in stride, perfect ball, probably would have scored if Tucker can keep his, uh, that angry running going. And then there was another one where it was in a red, red zone situation. Musgrave was doing a deep corner route, I believe, from the 10-yard line. She had Rudy Ford in coverage. They said it was a absolutely perfect ball to the point where he teardropped it perfectly over the linebackers into a little basket where only Musgrave would have had the position to do it. He came down, and he had, like, so much – it was such a good pass that he didn't think about his feet, even though he was at a position where he, where he could have just slightly adjusted his feet and tapped both in. He got one toe in. I don't know if it was just that college type of mentality that told him to put the one down, but he could have easily made that play. So that, in a, in my opinion, is another touchdown. They didn't count at that. And on top of that, there was another one where Love threw a touchdown to Musgrave, who made a sliding catch again, teardropped it over the linebackers as it was like a perfect pass where he slid but was still able to slide well within the range of making it within bounds. And uh, there's a couple other really cool stuff. Apparently, Jadakus Bonds had a couple great practices. I know that Tim, you mentioned him yesterday. It sounds yep. like he made another practice that was so good that he's now talking about being, or he's now being talked about as one of those practice squad guys with Ball Melton and maybe a Grant DeBose or um, who's the other one that's kind of been shown out lately? Tay Wicks. Tay Wicks. Well, I, Tay Wicks, I feel like, is a lock, but I. Well, what's, I, his, what's his status? Because he was hurt too, right? He did not again practice today. Anybody that yeah. didn't practice yesterday is still on the uh, injured, whatever you want to call that list, other than the guys that came back um, today. Okay. Good I stuff. saw a couple of those that you just mentioned. That 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 teardrop you're talking about to Musgrave was, yeah. And from my perspective, it was actually cool because I was in the stands and I was, like, elevated, so I was behind – our line of scrimmage watching that play go away from me in exactly what you said. Yeah. I mean, he, he basically like looked him off. He looked the, the coverage off, but also like feigned it with the shoulders and the feet. And it was just, it was just beautiful how he threw that ball in there. I mean, Jordan love is, <laughs> he's just, he is, he's fun to watch and he's going to be fun to watch all year guys. He's going to tear it up. Yeah. No doubt about it. Let's go to the phones. What do y'all think? Let's do it. All right, let's go to the phones. We got Dakota in Tennessee. Dakota, how you doing, Bub? I'm doing all right. How y'all doing? No, oh, we're doing great, man. You kidding me? We're we're as excited as a possum in a dumpster down here, man. We, we couldn't be more jacked. Um, what's on your mind tonight, man? What are you uh, What are you fired up for after practice today? Well, um, that everybody gets back healthy. <laughs> I noticed that we we had like, you know, the the two weeks we had. Uh, joint practices. We had about 138 fights, and nobody really came out super injured. And we seem to get more injured today than we have those two weeks combined. That's a good point. <laughs> Very good point. Um, yeah. So, 
we've pretty much covered a lot on, on, on offense so far. You know, we talked about Jordan Love. We're getting ready to get into a little Malik Heath talk. Um, let me ask you this, Dakota, and I, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Who's your, like, darling wide receiver? And you don't have to say Heath just because he's my guy. Is there is there anybody else in the wide receiver core that you go, man, I think that guy could make a splash if he got an opportunity. Is there anybody that kind of sticks out to you there? Well, if you're asking me that way, it's got to be. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline toss-up between Heath and Wick for two different I, – I, they're two different receivers, mm-hmm. but uh, Wick just looks like he he would be fun to watch in his route. Um, and apparently they're both good blo- – I know Heath is one heck of a blocker. Um, I, I don't know much about Wick's blocking, uh, but I, I've been told by a few people that are smarter than me that he actually is, is pretty good at pass blocking as well. So I, I'd be – really hard for me to choose between those two yeah it's tough man tim we kind of talked about it man coming in this year it's like we're really thin at wide receiver and then we get into camp and it's like hold up man this is gonna be some tough decisions isn't it uh amen and i watched a little bit i i would agree with dakota's statement there uh, those would be my two um and then when we get a little lower guys like Jadakus bonds who we mentioned uh catches my eye and then i watched uh bo melton today who is still uh rehab working but they are letting him do a little bit more and i just i my heart goes out to the guy because like terrible time to get hurt you know what i mean like this guy could be a potential practice squad dude as well and i think with melton what i see is it's the route running and then he's got he's got to work on the hands a little bit but he looks good when he's running these routes and and a lot of times with the younger players that's half the battle right like 
run the correct route. <laughs> and uh, I think Melton is one of those guys kind of under the radar that I've had my eye on all camp and, uh, you know, towards the bottom of that, that roster. And then, you know, I don't know, Dre Miller is another name that comes to mind. Nothing super spectacular, but also not no catastrophic mistakes either, which is something you want to see from young guys. But uh, yeah. I definitely think Malik Heath and Tay Wicks are, are the two <laughs> that we should be talking the most about for sure. I completely agree. Richard in the chats in uh, in Tennessee, it sounds like as well, Dakota. He's asking, what's your address, man? What's your home address? I'm, just, <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't say that. <laughs> you're, you're out toward Memphis, am I thinking right? Uh, I am in Memphis, um, and I uh, where I work, it's southwest Memphis specifically, if you're familiar with the area. Got it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Do you got anything else before we let you go, man? Anything else you wanted to talk about that's on your mind when it comes to the Packers? I absolutely do, and I'm I'm going to do my best in impression and, and consult my notes here. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, I, I popped on a podcast, I don't know, a week ago or so, uh, talking about how I kind of found this uh, YouTuber, Robert Schmidt, yeah. um, online he uh, or on YouTube. He uh, does breakdowns for, for the Bears. And uh, so I actually I was kind of curious because, you know, the Bears are kind of getting dinged up in practice. And I wanted to know who they had behind their two safeties. And anyway, I went down a rabbit hole and it led me to a video that uh, Robert Schmidt did probably, I think it was 15 days ago, maybe a little over two weeks. Um, and it, it's, it's about Jordan Love, and it's titled, uh, Set Up to Fail, right? <laughs> so I'm looking at this, and I'm like, you I, sure about that? I don't. <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually going to say, look, I recommend everybody go take a, go, go, go watch this thing. It's about 15 minutes long. Okay. I'm telling you, at the end of this video, I was more sure about Jordan Love being a long-term answer at QB <laughs> than I was before I started. Uh, and I was pretty excited to see Love. Um, in yep. fact, so I, I'll go over this a little bit. Um, so, real quick, his likes. He loves, or sorry, he likes Love's pocket awareness. Uh, his proficiency in his dropbacks. He's got great timing and his throw first, run second mentality which is something they're not used to over at the Bears. And then the uh, his dislikes were he didn't like him under pressure. Uh, from the film he has, he didn't see a lot of connection with running backs specifically on tech downs. And then um, because our you know wide receivers are so young, he said there's going to be a bunch of miscommunications, which literally the whole point of him calling it set up to fail. And it pretty much summed it up in about 10 seconds of this video when he said that, they got the the Packers got rid of approximately 128 games of experience with all the you know older guys that they let go. That was his whole angle, was that we're real young. But he kept saying all of the issues that he sees were normal issues that can be easily fixed and might even be ironed out by 2024, and how they might have to worry about us after this year. So, like, I'm telling you, go watch it, man. It, it's going to fire you up. It's pretty cool. Heck, yeah. Somebody needs to let Mr. Schmidt know that uh... – The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Let him know. Somebody send that message over to him, all right? They are who we thought they were. I'm, I'm so excited about week one, y'all. I can't. I'm telling you. Listen, is there a chance the Bears beat the Packers? Absolutely, there's a chance. I'm not sitting here pretending like this is a slam dunk win. 
but they have talked so much crap this offseason. And we're, you know, it is amazing. We're the underdogs, right? That's what everybody was talking about. We're going to finish dead last in the division. I can't wait. What's the, do we know what the Vegas line is on that, Jacob? You got any idea what the line on that game is? Still yeah. early. I don't know if it's live or not, but I don't we need have to it. check it out. Dakota, we're going to let you go, buddy. We appreciate you calling in and appreciate you sharing that information, man. That's good stuff. And it, it sounds like that guy, honestly, is a is a pretty good follow. It sounds like he's trying to give an honest evaluation with uh, – I'm sure he's a biased Bears fan, just like I'm a biased Packers fan. But he kind of – seems like he lives by that whole Greg Cosell theme of if you see it, you got to say it, right? Oh, yeah. I'd recommend following him on YouTube and uh, Twitter or whatever else people might be on because he seems like a pretty great guy. Got it, man. Appreciate the recommendation, brother. Well, you have All a good right. night, man. We appreciate you calling in, pal. Yes, sir. Y'all have a nice one. All right. See you, Dakota. That's Dakota in Tennessee. My man. Good stuff. Good stuff. What do you think about that, Tim? What stood out to you there, man? Um, I think that's really good information because as – and this is not a, a, a self-brag, but as someone who's been excited about J-Love for two and a half years, um, yeah, pocket awareness, timing, pass first, run second. Um, little question marks when he's under pressure, uh, chemistry with the running back checkdowns. You know, those are objective points, I think. Um, but there are things that if you go back, you can just do a YouTube search of Jordan Love highlights and watch as many snaps as you can of the, the little bit that we do have on tape. And you can see a constant improvement from where we are today to where we were when he got here. So, Again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too overly enthusiastic, but I'm a believer, and I have been, and I'll be the first to eat my words if I'm wrong. But I think, I, I think we have another one, guys. The lineage continues in Green Bay. It sure feels like. It. What are you gonna say, Jacob? Uh, no, if this is correct, which I think it should be, Cheesewire, um, looking at it right now. NFL Week One Packers odds versus the Bears. The Bears are minus two and a half. Favorites, I guess you'd call it. Uh, the over/under set at forty-four and a half points. I just, um, wow. I'm not afraid of them. I'm not afraid of them at all. So you and, said the uh, Bears are two and a half point favorites. Yeah, and they're at home. So keep in mind the average point spread. Right? The home team typically gets three points. Which, right. if you balance that out, it's saying that the Packers are kind of a half point favorite. If you th- if you look at it that way, it's just something out the way I always looked at the gambling world when it came to that, like how evenly matched from a win-loss perspective, how do these teams match up? Yeah, it kind of feels like uh, – The only thing – I would feel really, really comfortable going with the Packers there, plus two and a half. Yeah, I the, would. the only thing that is my worst nightmare, which is that the fact of what did what we do really good right now that we know we do on defense is, is pass – I wouldn't say pass – that uh, we have really good corners. I should say that we're deep at cornerback and that we'd like to force them apparently to run, but I don't know if we want to force them to run because that's probably our biggest weakness, especially if, um, you know, fields is going to be kind of carving us up. I'd really like to see Walker maybe doing some spy shadowing kind of stuff. Cause yeah, I think, I think Walker can trail that guy. And oh, dude, like a- I have thought about that all off season. Let him tuck that ball and run and have Quay in that double rat, him and yeah. him and Devondre or whoever's healthy in a double rat underneath with Quay's eyes locked onto Justin Fields. Yep. Spy him and put his pud in the mud, dude. We got uh Paul Robertson in the chat said, name for the crew, the 65ers. 65 percent. 65%. 65%. <laughs> I like it. Let's go to the phones here. We got Andy still stuck 
in Kansas. Andy, what's going on, big dog? Yeah, still stuck and still sweating, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's the what temperature you got? out there, Andy? What, Talk to us, man. Uh, currently? Yeah. Um, I just checked a few minutes ago. It's still 104 degrees here. God, Marty. It's, you, it's a heat that? index of 109. I've never been in a place like this, and I'll make this short because weather's boring. It's, I've never been in a place where the hottest time in the day is between 4 and 6 p.m. Oh, That's when it gets the hottest. So we, we've come down since uh, the weekend when it was 113. Uh, but Got it. Yeah. Got it. So, yeah, that's boring. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> what's the Packers ad- – uh, uh, I'm a mailman, so I think in these terms. What's their street number? We know it, but just say it out loud. 1265. For the stadium. Right? So we yeah. want number 12 to play 65%. But did, oh, did that no. really just no. 65%. 65%. <laughs> that's what we... Yeah. But I, I never thought. I never thought of the of the address number being the two numbers that we're talking about. That's so crazy. are they going to add a a number sign and a percent sign before and after the street address and just post it that way just for one year? Anyway, this is a trivial but kind of a fun <laughs> fun connection, I guess, just to get us started here. Cool. Only but, you, only you would um, recognize that, Andy. Only you. Well, yeah, yeah. I it's all part of the disease of being a mailman. <laughs> my brother's a mailman i actually worked for the postal service for about three years and uh man he was like hey we that got you here i said no thank you i'm out of this joint i'm uh, gonna go do something else oh. but anyway yeah okay so i was looking at uh ken ingles's depth chart he he reviews it every few days that, that's a good follow too he does really some really good charts besides the salary cap so you probably know that name or the people know that name um, but that's kind of where I'm at too. It's we finally getting down to the last last game. I don't usually think about depth chart until we're probably there, just because you never know what kind of injuries there are going to be. Guys who flash early and then kind of fade, you know that sort of stuff. But um, so going to this last game, like like most last preseason games, it's just a matter of it's coming down to a few more more choices. So for example, in the secondary, right? Who's going? Who's kind of the pecking order when it comes to the safeties? Or is it going to be Corey Ballantyne or uh, Innes Gaines, who I believe returned to practice today? You know, little things like that. Is it six edge rushers or is it five? Do you keep, you know, and 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 who's going to be the last person um, in the cornerback room who's probably going to go through the waiver process once Eric Stokes gets back? Because as far as I know, the only people that are going to start the year not available would be Stokes on PUP and Trevor Davis on an IR, but I can't think of anybody else who's, who's in that, those situations. Is it, do you guys know anybody? Anybody come to mind, Jacob? Not currently. We have a bunch of iffy and tweeners, but it sounds like these are more day to day. I think LaFleur even specifically said that uh, like with Tavarius Moore, uh, a lot of guys, Savage, the guys that went down today, it seems like it's more either a heat exhaustion type thing or more of a ticky tacky thing, or like with Devondre, it's an injury that could become an actual injury, so they're just going to keep them from doing anything until week one so that they're good to go. And that helps then just, you know, determine actual roster. So as far as I understand it, if someone goes on IR, you first have to put them on the fifty, the final 53, and then they go to IR. And that makes a difference too because you're 
as I said, I think that's correct how, how they do it. At least it's been that way the last, last few years. So to put um, Trevor Davis on IR, I think, or uh, Tyler Davis, yeah, sorry. Um, I think they have to claim him on the 53 and then put him on, on IR, that which exposes yeah, one yeah. more person to waivers, which of course yeah. you got to think in terms of, Go ahead. No, I think that's I think that's right because then it uh, like in people like uh, Stokes, you have to put him on the pup. You have to basically get him on the right. pup so he's eligible to come back after the four week barrier. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think someone who starts on pup has to be put on the fifty three because they've never right. officially started practicing with the team. So you know yeah. that that's a very good thing. And then of course, what are the rules with with practice squad? So right, if somebody gets waived another team wants them and this is important when people say oh he'll 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 never make it to our practice squad if that person gets claimed they have to be claimed to another team's active 53 man roster they can't claim them and put them on their practice squad right got it which i think is really important because i don't think that if we go with quote only six wide receivers that somehow that seventh guy is going to get snatched up mostly because and here's where the narrative actually helps us who's keeping an eye on any of our receivers? Cause nobody's heard of any of them except for uh, Dallas Watson. Well, the yeah, bears. that's true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You want to but, uh, once, again, <laughs> once again, if they want one of our guys, they have to put them on the 53. They can't put them on their own practice squad. So there's, there's, there's a protection, you know, in, in that way, same thing with Brenton Cox, same thing that if they don't want to put, you know, Ballantyne on the active roster, but, they want him still on the team. So, so all that kind of stuff, I think has to be, you know, considered. And so that's good to know. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All that stuff matters, man. That's for sure. And you guys are way smarter than me. So I appreciate you uh, bringing up the conversation and, and bring it to the forefront because there are some little loopholes, some little, little shortcuts, if you will, to putting this roster together when it comes to the injuries. I mean, there's been many times there's a, a running joke and we'll let you go, Andy. We appreciate you calling in buddy. Um, there was a running Thank joke you. up in uh, in New England that um, every basically every training camp somebody catches the Belichick cold, right? They catch a little cold and they go to IR, and it's basically Belichick's way of going. Listen, we don't want to lose you, but we can put you on IR if you you know tweak your ankle or something. You're still going to get paid, and uh, we can have rights to you. It's just it's funny how there's all these little loopholes. If anybody's going to exploit them, it's going to be Belichick. But, oh yeah, yeah. All right, Andy, we appreciate you, man. You have a good day. Listen, stay cool out there, dude. I know that, that Jeep gets hot, that Mel Jeep or van, whatever it is they got you driving. Do they? Do you got AC in that thing? Be honest. Uh, we now use a, um, a Mercedes-Benz uh, oh, made oh. van. Okay. Right. It's not made for mail <laughs> delivery, but it does have air AC conditioning. So we can know if there's AC because my brother's well, Jeep doesn't have AC in it. Yeah, the traditional ones don't. This one does, but you drive with the window open all day anyway. So right, yeah, it's not very good AC. Got it. Do you still do you still have yes, the trademark no. little uh, fan? Do you have the little fan clip to your dash like like oh, everyone yeah. else still? If I if I was driving the the old style mail truck, I would. <laughs> we we all, we've got this don't. vision. We get this vision, Andy, that you're driving around this vehicle from like the 1940s or something, right? Like, just... <laughs> well. <laughs> Up up until maybe a year ago, yeah, the vehicle I was driving was built in 1991. Mm-hmm. Wow, good year. So, good year. they're kind of transitioning into something that's more for 
21st century consumption, I guess. Got it. That's a good thing, right? Split screen gaming said UPS trucks don't have anything. He's a little jealous over it. A little jealous. <laughs> nice little shorts. A funny little story. We're gonna and, and we're getting off this topic, I promise. Everybody in the chat's going, why the hell am I listening to this? But <laughs> we I pulled up the other day, man. I was pulling a, a trailer full of equipment and I pulled up between an Amazon driver and a United States postal worker, right? They were parked on the same street and they were talking together, right? And I, I pulled up and I said, well, y'all starting a gang war over here? And, the, <laughs> and and literally the the United States Postal Service said, no, I was just telling him, stop sending this freaking mail our way because they signed a deal with, with Amazon. Like he was mad, dude. He was like, I want to go back to delivering letters and packages and not all this Amazon. But anyway, okay. that's a story for another day. Andy, we appreciate you, buddy. You have a good night. Good night. Thanks. Yeah, man. Take care. All right. That was Andy in Kansas. Um, let's get back to the chat here real quick. We're backing up. Uh, let's see. I have one here. Uh, all right. Right here. Roger Davis, uh, YouTube member said, did we kick any balls through the uprights today? Do we have Anders Carlson's numbers from today? I didn't see them anywhere. Did you see them, Tim? Or do you have any idea? You know, every time I looked and I thought the kicking unit was going to do something, they worked on punts. So I didn't actually see any place kicking today. Now that doesn't mean it didn't happen, but right. what, do we, what do we what do we have on the on the Twitterverse feed I was, here? I was gonna say the same thing, dude. I was scouring trying to see if there was any sort of uh, field goal stats out there, and as far as I can see, I don't see anything. I did see that there was a limited uh, or an extended practice. Uh, what would you call it? Session where. They had Jaden Reed and um, oh God, Nixon returning punts, and it was just like that was pretty much all that they had there. And so I'm not yeah. exactly sure if maybe they're trying because it sounded like yesterday was kind of god awful, to be honest. It was he was missing all over the place kind of stuff. So I don't know if maybe they were just trying to give him. Well, a they did. They did do work on with the snapper, long snappers, and holders. I saw that was the extent of it. And I saw Anders Carlson was like kind of just working on his footing and approach, but I didn't see him kick any balls at all today. No, I don't see anything around my notes or anything like that. Same so. here. <clears throat> Here's a good question from Steven. Um, any free agents or positions to possibly focus on before week one or the trade deadline? You know, I, I'm going to give you the boring answer, Steven. I just don't think that's Goody's style. I kind of feel like he spends his time there, you know, in the offseason trying to find those discount deals. And, and right now, now we've seen it last year, I guess. I think week one, once the final cuts are made, there's a chance we pick up a player or two. I mean, we've seen it with Rudy Ford, right? Isn't that, that's how we got Rudy Ford on the roster in the first place. So, um, you can see some stuff like that happening. But, um, Jacob, does anything come to mind as far as free agents or positions you'd like to see them focus on before week one or, or even the third deadline? Anything come to mind? Honestly, no. I mean, <clears throat> I will it's say. boring, right? but it's true, right? I mean. I, I, one, I don't see him interfering with any of the progress that our young talent has made in this offseason. I think that he's very, uh, very conscious and very defensive of his draft picks. And I think these draft picks have shown that, especially the guys that have made some year two, year three leaps, I think he wants to solidify them having an actual shot to show what we have. We have such a young team that this year – they have a grace period. This year could be horrible, and I don't think people would really blame them. This year could be amazing, and people would probably not give them enough credit for how great of a draft they've had, for how much of a just an internal – like we all know that the front office of the Green Bay Packers has always been touted as being very smart, being very of a draft within, 
draft and develop, get your own guys, don't overpay, don't grab a lot of free agents. I just don't see him going out. The only spot I could see is if some for some reason some random safety that has a, a track record that he is just a bona fide, decent, I'm talking like 68 PFF constant guy. Right. That's all. I'll scrape that from the bottom of the barrel. Give him like three, four, five million dollars for a consistent. I, I'll take that. To be honest, um, I would, especially now with all the injuries that we just had in safety of the last two days. So <clears throat> that'd be the only one I'd be looking at. I don't think there's any chance of any sort of splash. Like I don't see a Kareem Hunt. No, no sort of wide receiver. Uh, I don't see anything like that. Maybe a tight end. An old school wide inline tight end or something like that i could see yeah got it all right um a few more notes i want to hit on before we wrap this thing up <clears throat> starting no line today obviously bach was out okay um he had a had a rest day or whatever but paul brettel in his article said he believes this is the starting line as it sits right now david bakhtiari elton jenkins josh myers john runyon and zach tom Right. And he did mention that they held up really, really well today against the blitz package. They did a lot of stunts, uh, a lot of blitz packages that they threw at the offensive line. And the pass blocking looked really, really good today, according to Paul Brettel. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, Rashawn Gary once again participated in team drills. They said he got in the backfield a couple times, if I read that correctly. Um, yeah, he's, he's literally, I think he said he speed rushed and beat Zach Tom. And Zach Tom's been playing pretty solid, so that's exciting. Lucas Van Ness worked with the interior defensive line today. I'm going to say it again. Lucas Van Ness today worked with the interior defensive line. You guys heard me on my Chalk Talk segment. That's what I've seen on tape. That's where his value would be right now in year one. Put him in there in between the tackles, just let him push the pocket, that type of thing. Um, it appears right now, according to Paul Brettel, it appears that – Lucas Van Ness is number five on the interior defensive line depth chart. That's kind mm-hmm. of exciting. That's that's exciting. We get a heavy rotation of those defensive front guys, right, whether it's edge or defensive line. I think you're going to see a little bit of Lucas Van Ness between the tackles somewhere in that three to four to five technique. That would be really, really exciting. Rudy Ford, again, like we mentioned, started today. And then they said today Jonathan Ford was in the backfield against the run once again. So you mentioned it yesterday, Jacob. Now I'm going to be completely honest when you said it. I'm like, I don't know about Jonathan Ford. It seems like every day now, man, there's tweets coming out saying, all right, in the running game, in the running game, he's showing that he can hold his own. And that's kind of exciting. I know that coach LaFleur talked about that um, in one of the early pressers when camp kicked off that he came in and looked really, really good. But Tim, does anything else stand out to you from practice today, whether it's offense, defense, anything I just mentioned, anything come to mind? Um, defensive side, which where is where my focus was, as always. Uh, if you remember last night, I was talking about the linebackers working on the pass defense drills and the, the hands drills and how Quay, Quay and I call them Quay and Zay. Uh, uh, Quay Walker and Isaiah McDuffie both had a couple of drops yesterday, and then they went and made themselves do push-ups and got back in the drill. Today, I watched the same drills and – there were zero drops from not only Quay and Zay, but no drops from any of the guys in the middle during these drills. As a matter of fact, McDuffie went up like he high pointed one today that probably, I I don't know how he caught it, but he did. He looked like a wide receiver. It was, it was incredible. So uh, that stood out to me again, day to day, seeing progress um, guys working harder and wanting to get over that hump. You know, these guys, it's not lost on them that we're getting close here. And, um, you know, to Jacob's point earlier, which I thought was very poignant, is 
the first noon game, you know, the first real get your butt up in the morning, you know, eat something right, get your routine together, get to the facility and go through your, your preparation uh, because we got ball at 12 noon. So um, this will be a good test, man. But um, just on the defense, I, I, I thought it was good to see uh, the linebackers making progress because, you know, that is one of those positions that I thought we could throw into the mix with what we were talking about before um, as far as free agents or possible signings or trades before the trade deadline, depending on how this Devondre Campbell injury is and how we look going into the first quarter of the season, guys, you know, middle linebacker could be, could be one of those position groups, you know, if I remember correctly, if I read it correctly, I could be wrong guys. Don't quote me on this, but I think I seen something in Paul Brettel's article or someone else's article where they said that they only had one linebacker out there on the field today and it was Quay Walker. So that kind of made me think, all right, are they going to lean on a safety? You guys have heard me talk about big nickel, right? That, that makes sense if they carry five, maybe even six safeties. I mentioned it last night on another podcast. Maybe seen a little bit of big nickel, you know. I don't know. But that, that may be what uh, where where Jonathan Owens comes into play, right? Yeah. You know, big big tackler, you know, tackler guy, not really a coverage guy. So. You nailed it, Tim. That, that he fit, he would fit that mold probably better than any safety on the team right now. I believe okay. that. So, Jacob, anything else you got, buddy? Any other notes? I know you took a ton, man. Yeah, let me spit through these real quick. So, like you just talked about, starting defense would be Clark Slayton, Wyatt, Gary Smith on the edges. You'll have Douglas, John on the boundary, and then Nixon, uh, Savage, and Ford. So like you talked about, they came out in that nickel package there. And uh, Ballantyne and Gaines getting a good look. A lot of uh, reps, They're I think they're trying to figure out what's going on with that CB5 type role there. Uh, like you talked about, Van Ness practicing inside. Gary is looking uh, – I'm sorry, looking for ways to use Van Ness, and, and he's just basically – like you've talked about, having really good practices all around. Enigbare apparently had another great week of practice. We have a really, really deep edge room. We've talked about it. I want to see us keep six with uh, my guy, Brenton Cox Jr. It sounded like Wooden and Brooks both had really good days again today, both for different reasons. Wooden had a really big run stuff. Brooks had another would-be sack. And then Jot and Zula both had great cams, which we should talk about. Just the cornerback room overall is great. And then the, I'll end with this, which I think is a great – summation of what this team is right now and what it could be jordan love after practice the last public practice opened so that the public was there he spent probably a, a good amount of time he could have went inside went into the showers talked to the press he spent a long time talking to fans signing autographs being that quarterback that that <clears throat> that franchise quarterback especially to green bay that sits there and understands that he's there because of the fans and and that whole city is built on the the foundation of how great that fan base is and that they've came out there in 115 degree index weather. He didn't just walk inside and it sounds like Aaron Jones was there. Ja was there. I think like five, six, seven other guys were there. So that's what this is about. He didn't, it, 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 we expect a lot out of Jordan love to do stuff right on the field. We should acknowledge when he does a lot of the great stuff off the field, much like in AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, these guys are, they understand what it means to be a Packer and what it means to have to set aside time and in and, and their day, even though like practice is quote unquote done, it's not done for them. If they're going to be a staple of this offense of the city, they have to put back time into the community <clears throat> and it's just great to see him do it. And the, um, I'm just super, super excited. It's awesome. Very, very well said, Jacob. Very well said. I agree with that. 
100%. I was trying to find an answer for this question right here. Roger Davis uh, asked, am I wrong in thinking Patrick Taylor uh, can't be yeah. put back on the practice squad since he was brought up a few times last season? To the best of my knowledge, the rule, Roger, is a player can be elevated from the practice squad to the active roster three times in a single season. It resets after that. Now, I know there is some kind of eligibility um, limitations on a player, you can't just always keep him on a practice squad for their whole career. So I'm not sure where he falls into that. I know that doesn't answer your question, but I was digging, man. They make it so hard to find what you need to find when it comes to the practice squad rules. I think he's eligible to go back to the practice squad, but I don't quote me on that, man. We'll have to do a little more research uh, on that. So let's see here. Red Mona chat said, leaping linebackers in Green Bay. Oh, yeah, I love the sound of that. Um, let's see here. Have Rudy play near the line. I think Rudy is one of the better tackling safeties on the team. There's no doubt about that. And then we've got split screen game. I said, I am so jacked up to watch yeah. T.J. Slayton this year. Uh, been on him since I found out he could dunk. Isn't that crazy to think that guy could dunk a basketball, man? God, nuts. He, he came to camp in better shape this year. I'm convinced. I think he looked, I think he looked uh, a little more cut in the right in the right areas. He looked in a lot better shape than uh, this time last year when I saw him at camp. Yeah, yeah for sure. Let's, uh, let's hammer through these uh, questions real quick here. Paul Robertson, earlier I had it start. He said, what are odds we trade a wide receiver before the season starts due to the great depth? That's a good question. Um, th- there may be a shot at that. You know, if, you, if you've got one or two receivers that you know carrying a lot of value, um, you know, put them out there on the trade block and see if you can get a seventh round or a conditional pick back, right, just something, anything. Um, I could see that being the case. But then again, Goody loves to stash those guys on the practice squad, right? So but if a team is – if you do shop them, it's almost like you're gathering intel too. Like if they're willing to trade a pick, okay, we can't get him to the practice squad. You know, it might be a good way to find that information out in a roundabout way. But I'm sure GMs are pretty privy to that information along uh, as everyone else. So see Richard in the chat earlier said, say, what would you take if someone wanted Yash? What would we take for a draft pick as far as Yash, man? I'll tell you. They put that tender on him at like $4 million. That that tells you how much they value him. Um, I, I don't think they're going to take anything less than a third-round pick for him. I think they like him as depth and possibly a starter at right tackle if something goes wrong there, me personally. Um, and then the final one we'll hit on here, and we'll get you guys out. Uh, R. Shower says, I still think Bach deal could and should happen. We know we aren't winning a Super Bowl, even for a third or a good young safety they can redo the deal in advance like uh, with AR. Let me ask you this, man. Whoa. I don't know if you you were around in 2010, but I guarantee you you would have said that year there's no way we're winning the Super Bowls. I'm just being honest, man. It's some of the best teams, uh, and I respect your opinion, Showers. I really do, man. But uh, some of the best teams in the history of the game. Think, Think of the Patriots dynasty and how it was launched. That offense was absolute garbage. I mean, garbage and they came out of nowhere went on a run at the right time and that literally sparked a whole freaking dynasty you just you don't know man go ahead Tim it reminds me of Russell Wilson walking into a a Seattle team with a legion of boom defense and storming and winning a Super Bowl his first year as a starter it is possible we've seen it there's precedent for it so there there's no reason to think that we're not uh, is equally contending for a Lombardi trophy as any of the other teams in this league. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Bill I was, in the chat said, if you were offered a fourth-round pick, would you trade Sean Clifford? No. Jacob, would you trade him? 
No, I was going to highlight that comment before you snuck out of here because I thought that was a really good question. Because in theory, you'd think, I'd take that to the bank. No, I would not. After what I've seen from Sean Clifford, no. You're going to give me a second for Shawnee. <laughs> I do love the idea of, all right, you've got Sean Clifford there kind of sitting in the hopper. You let Jordan play this season, see what we got. If you hit a home run there, right, and Jordan's the man, you, you hold Sean Clifford – on you hold on tight and it's going to take something like a second or a third before you even think about giving him up if he does continue to show that he can play at this level again guys it's preseason we've got to preface that we've always got to put that out there even with jordan loves play but again if you guys haven't seen this jt o'sullivan right yes. at the youtube page and he just did a breakdown of jordan love this dude was gushing over jordan love i mean he fell in love with it. there. There was a couple things he critiqued, but I'm talking about 98% of the video is, man, his mechanics look great. Love what he's doing here. He got to the fourth read, I think, if I if I was counting right. He got to the fourth read on one play. And, and JT O'Sullivan is extremely impressed. And to put that into perspective, you go, oh, well, maybe he just does that with everybody. Literally, the very next episode was him breaking down Tua, and he laughed the whole time watching Tua try to run that offense. He was like – I have no idea what they're – I don't know what the coaching staff's doing. I don't know what Tua's thinking here. I'm just saying, man, um, you got to – just when, when it comes to Jordan Love right now, man, I'm trying not to get overly excited, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that I respect and I trust their judgment, their opinion, who are coming out saying, I don't know, this dude's looking like the real deal. Split screen game and said, if we win six games, I'll be happy. I told you my range is six to ten wins. Um, I'm, I'm probably right around eight right now is what I'm feeling good about, but I don't think six wins is being overly negative or or anything. I could see that being the case. And if they do win six uh, six games and Jordan Love shows that he can be a starting quarterback, I think check it off the box. Like I said before, and I don't want to say it again, but I'm going to. The, only, the worst case scenario for this season is if something happened to Jordan and we didn't get a true evaluation of him. That would be, that would be the worst case scenario. It really would. But uh, – all right, guys, we're going to have to get out of here. We're already over on time, 10 minutes over. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Again, I want to give a shout-out to the new members of the of the YouTube page. Um, Cheesehead Murph's going to head up that project. Cheesehead Murph, right. throw those ideas around, dude. Put put a little brainstorming session together, and on the next live stream, you can kind of maybe do this, Murph. Give us three options, okay? Come up with three options, and – then I think as a group we could decide off of that. Does that sound good? Good to you guys, Tim, Jacob? Yeah, let's try to maybe get Murph in our uh, our private chat so we can talk to with him. Yeah, cool. Sounds good, man. We'll do that. Yep. Um, Murph, if you're on Twitter, hit us up, man. Um, hit me up at Packers underscore access, and that's the best way to communicate with me there. Or you can just send me an email. Um, actually, I've got a text line too that we got for the show. If I can remember the ne- the the number to it, eight six five six five eight. 5824. Again, that's 865 658 5824. That's how you can text me directly. So, um, shoot me a text in there. Give us three options. Like I said, we'll come up with a really cool name for the group. I'm excited about that. But the new members uh, tonight were Scott's Lot, uh, Mississippi Fade Master, Stephen Smith, and Dane Stromstad. We really, really appreciate the support. Everybody, get those in. Okay. And like I said, we're going to be doing a drawing. Uh, the very first post-game show, so it'll be the day of week one, all right? After the Bears game, we'll do a post-game show. We'll do the drawing that week, and it'll be for a Lucas Van Ness autographed jersey 
the green home jersey Beckett style with a certificate of authenticity. What's that, man? First, second place Aaron Rodgers game-worn patch of his uh, belt on the 2011 season. It's legit. It has a certificate of authenticity as well. So, All right, so we'll spin it once for the winner, and then we'll spin it a second time for the, for the for loser. The yeah, Sounds kidding. good. All right, man. <laughs> All right, guys, we're out of here. Um, the thing you need to remember the most, right, as we move forward, you're watching Hard Knocks. 65%. That's <laughs> what it's all about, baby. We got to get that 65% in so we can get that first round pick. That's all we're worried about. After that, the place can fall apart for all we care. So, all right, we're out of here. Tim, Jacob, appreciate you guys. As always, man, you guys are a blast to hang out with. Everybody in the chat, you absolutely lit it up. Appreciate all of your time. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. And as always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go pack up. It's a power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle. Defensive end. If he's over, if he's not, he drives down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by this and feel this back. YN has the linebacker taken out. That's inside. The YN has the linebacker in. He comes all the way around. If you look at this play, we'll be trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.